Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. This morning, if you would join me in 1 Samuel chapter 12, 1 Samuel chapter 12, we will... Be looking down in verse number six, down through the uh, the end of the chapter, First Samuel, chapter twelve. As we continue our study through First Samuel, titled our series "Prophet, Priest, and King," we come to what I entitled this morning a farewell address of sorts, a farewell address of sorts for Samuel. Have you ever been present at a farewell address? I'm going to read for us this morning three examples of a farewell address. And um, from different places in life, different individuals throughout our history as a nation. Um, And I'll start with uh, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig was a baseball player, great baseball player um, for the Yankees. And um, he got sick with ALS, um, which uh, because he got sick and he was so famous, uh, the disease actually kind of bears his name as well. So it's Lou Gehrig's disease. And in front of Yankee Stadium at the end of a baseball game, um, huge crowd, sellout crowd, he said a number of words, um, but uh, he ended it this way. Today... I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Yes, you may say that there is this hardship or that, but I say luckiest man on the face of the earth. And he closed it with this. So I close in saying that I might have been given a bad break, but I got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. And walked away from the microphone. Douglas MacArthur, in his farewell address, five-star general as he was uh, relieved of duties by the president, stated this, I now close my military career and just fade away. An old soldier who tried to do his duty as God gave him in the light to see that duty. Goodbye. Abraham Lincoln did not get a farewell address from the presidency, but he did have a farewell address. And that farewell address was when he left Illinois to take the seat of the president. He stated these words, To this place and the kindness of these people, I owe everything. Here I have lived a quarter of a century and have passed from a young man to an old man. He goes on and says, I may return with a task before me greater than that which rested upon Washington. Without the assistance of the divine being who ever attended him, meaning that divine individual who attended Washington, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, I cannot fail. Trusting in Him who can go with me and remain with you, 
and be everywhere for good, let us confidently hope that all will yet be well. To his care commending you, and as I hope in your prayers you will commend me, I bid you an affectionate farewell. Three different examples of how individuals said their goodbyes. This morning in 1 Samuel chapter 12, we will read and we will spend just a few moments hearing from a prophet saying his goodbyes. Saying his goodbyes to a nation that he had judged now that he is old. And I stated as I introduced a farewell of sorts. This is the last time that he will speak in front of the whole of the nation. This is not the last time that we will hear from Samuel. But let me read for us uh, these verses, starting in verse 6 down through uh, the end of the chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 12 is recorded this way. And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness. The Lord is witness about what? Well, in verses 1 through 5, we didn't read it, but he asked, Hey, did I do anything wrong? Did I steal anybody's donkey? Did I give you bad news? Did, Did I do anything wrong? And they said, No. And he said, All right. I've got your witness. And he says, not only that, the Lord is witness, who has appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore, stand still, stand still, that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed him, Then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought uh, your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. He sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them. And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned. Because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies that we may serve you. Verse 11 states, And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and had delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. And now behold, the king whom you have chosen for um, whom you have asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. You will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And if both you and the King who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your King. Now, Therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. 
Is not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord and he will send thunder and rain and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. We have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid. You have done all this evil yet. Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. Because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for Himself. Moreover, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Heavenly Father, as we spend these moments, Father, may we heed the instruction, the warning. May we come to understand more clearly than we already know that you do not change. That eternity in the past, you were the same. And present today and eternity out in the future, you are the same. And we must come to you on your terms, not on our own. Thank you again for the warning. Thank you again for your faithfulness. Thank you again for the opportunity to serve you the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. God, would you speak to us individually today? Might our lives bring glory to your great name, for you are worthy of it. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. In looking at this farewell address, we see this first point. The first point is this, that remembering times before helps one not to repeat the failures. Remembering times before helps one not to repeat the failures. Do you see that in verse number 6 down through verse number um, 13? Verse number 6 down through verse number 13 and 14, we see this point over and over again it was needed to be reminded to the children of Israel, hey, here is where you came from. Here's where you came from. You must remember that this is what God did with Moses. This is what God did with with Aaron. This is what God did with uh, with Jacob. This is what God did with Abraham. Over and over and over again, good and bad, these things were brought to the attention of those of Israel for one purpose. And that purpose was 
so that they would not fall into the same trap that their dads fell into. You and I think that, oh yeah, I, I got it. I went through it one time, so I got it. Oh yeah, my dad went through it one time, so therefore I don't, I don't have to go through it because I remember. And God says, you know what? Um, your memory's not as great as you think it is. It's not as great as you think it is, so therefore let me remind you over and over and over and over again just so you will remember. And even in remembering, because he tells them over and over and over again, we've talked about it twice in the last couple of weeks, they still fall there. George Santiana, a Spanish philosopher of yesteryear, stated it this way, a quote that I think you and I have heard. Maybe we thought that it was from somebody else, but... Here's what he stated. When change is absolute, there remains no being to improve and no direction is set for possible improvement. And when experience is not retained, meaning you forgot about it, as among savages, infancy is perpetual. And here's the part that you and I probably remember. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. If you don't remember what happened last week, last month, last year, if we do not remember as a nation what happened in previous generations, his statement is this, we are bound to repeat all those places that we have fallen in the past. Those of us who cannot remember the past, we are condemned, we are bound to repeat those actions. And Samuel does not want it on his watch. So therefore, in these verses in front of us, he shares with Israel one more time. Hey guys, remember what happened before. I know you're going to get sick of me telling you, but remember what happened before. Remember how God has been faithful. How God heard your cry, your parents' cry, your father's cry there in Egypt. And He sent Moses. How He heard your cry and He sent um, Jerubbabel. How He heard your cry and He sent Barak. How He sent Jephthah. How He has sent me. Remember those things. Because He is faithful. But not only do we see that this remembering is there, a second point is seen in the passage that Samuel is trying to get across. The second point is this, that a warning is given about rebelling. A warning is given, is given about our rebelling. Do you see those verses in verse 14 and uh, following? Uh, let me read verse 14 and then let me read down in verse number 20. He says this, if you will fear the Lord and serve Him, if you will obey His voice, if you will not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the King who reigns over you, if you will follow the Lord your God, it'll be well. Skip down to verse 20. Love what he says. And I hate what he says. And Samuel said to the people, Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. You have done all this evil. Yet, do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. In that warning, he warns them from the positive side. And he says, hey, if, if you'll just follow after God, if that's what you will set out to do, students, if that's what you will set out to do, um, adults, if that's what we set out to do, if we will just follow him, it'll go well. It'll go well with you, and it'll go well with your king. It'll go well with you as individuals, as a family. It'll go well with our nation and our government. If that's what we do, it will go well. And then he warns them in these words, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, verse 15 states, if you do rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. And then he just says, hey, let me just show you what God's capable of doing. What time of year is it? It's wheat harvest time. What normally happens at wheat harvest time? Drought. Just so you know, Israel, that God is capable of doing some awesome stuff. Just so you're, you understand that God is able to do the supernatural. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray and God's going to send thunder and rain in the midst of time of drought and harvest. And you will be scared. So just get that straight. And so Samuel prays and guess what? Thunder, rain, and them being scared all comes about. And the people said to Samuel, verse 19, pray for your servants, for the Lord, our, for the Lord, our God, your God, excuse me, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins, this evil to ask for ourselves a king. The warning is given about rebelling. Samuel doesn't let him off the hook. God doesn't let him off the hook. And you are warned. I am warned. God doesn't let you off the hook. He doesn't let me off the hook. He says, hey, if you're going to sin, guess what? There's consequences to your sin. Period. There are consequences to sin. Sin is fun for a season, yes, but there are consequences to your sin. There's consequences to my sin. There's consequences for Israel's sin. Don't be afraid. Own up to your sin. Yes, you've done this evil. Yes, you have sinned. But also understand the warning is not the end. He gave them an opportunity to come back. And the opportunity to come back is still there for us today. Do you see that in verse number 20 and 21? Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord. But serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake His people. And you and I need to catch this next phrase. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. You're like, why that phrase? 
just this church. He's not stepping in to help you and help me for you, per se. He's stepping in and saying, hey, um, yep, that's my son. Yes, he blew it, but my son bears my name, and so my name is greater than my son, so therefore I'm going to take care of Brian. I love Brian, and one of the reasons that I love Brian is because he bears my name, so therefore I am, I am a great father, and I'm going to step in for my son. I don't know how many times my physical father stepped in for me growing up. It was a lot. And every time that he did, it was needed, and I was ashamed and thankful and everything in between. But just as my physical father stepped in for me when I was a knucklehead, my spiritual father does even more. And he does it for you as well. But not just for us. He has a great name. And that name is worthy of our obedience. It's worthy of our praise and worship. And it is worthy to remain unstained from our foolishness. So therefore, he steps in. And oh, you and I should be thankful for him stepping in. And Samuel re- Minds those in Israel that day. And as he reminds them that day of this warning, he says, hey, if you want to come back to him, come back to him. But understand this, when you come back to him, don't turn to the side following from following the Lord. But serve him with all your heart. Does that throw a flag off in any of our minds this morning? Does it not remind us of what Moses told the children of Israel, what God told the children of Israel in, over in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is the Shema? But you, Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The first commandment that Jesus said, here's the greatest commandment. You want to know the greatest commandment? Here it is. Love God with everything you got. And the second one is kind of like it. Love everybody else like you love yourself. Samuel reminds them of the law. He reminds them of the greatest law. He warns them about rebelling. You see how he warns them? He said, hey, don't go after. Don't turn aside from following the Lord, but serve Him. And don't turn aside, verse 21, after empty things that cannot profit, that cannot deliver. Why? Uh, Very simply put, they're empty. You can go after them and go after them and go after them, but don't because you're going to come up empty because they cannot provide what they promise. Third and final point this morning. A chapter ends, sort of. A chapter ends, sort of. Let me read those last few verses. Verse number 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it 
from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. I stated a chapter in, sort of, because yes, it's the last time that Samuel stands before the people. He passes the baton off to Saul. He has already anointed Saul to be king. Saul has um, yet to ascend that position. He is about to do that in the next two chapters, and we're going to see that as he kind of comes on the scene and takes the front seat, so to speak. But Samuel hangs around. Samuel is there at Ramah. Samuel is going to anoint David. But he is no longer going to be the front man. So a chapter ends. And as the chapter ends, he reminds the people two things. Fear the Lord. River Bend, fear the Lord. Israel, fear the Lord. Serve Him faithfully with your whole heart. But if you do wickedly, please be reminded that you will be swept away, you and your king with you. You know, the culture that we live in, we don't have a king, we do have a government. We do have a nation. We have a family. And the warning is there for us as well. It's easy for us to say, well, we've got grace and Jesus came and, and He doesn't look at me any longer. He doesn't look at my sin any longer. He looks at, at me through the blood of Jesus and that is all correct and it is true. But that does not give you or me the freedom to go and do whatever we so please if we understand it correctly. I stated that uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't have a farewell address as president. He was assassinated in office. And you and I may not have a farewell address. But what a great farewell address that Samuel had. Hey, Israel, I love you. Israel, yep, you're a bunch of knuckleheads because you asked for a king. But God's faithful. He's faithful and He's going to bring you through it. If you will just turn your face toward Him, if you'll just walk that way, in that direction, He will fulfill every promise that He has ever made for you. But if you don't, River Bend, if you don't, sir, ma'am, if I don't, and I go after those things that are wicked, there are consequences. Some of us in the room, some of us in the room have accepted Him as Savior and Lord. Some of us in the room have not. Some of us in the room are very close to Him and we are walking very close. And some of us are kind of nonchalant, just taking a stroll. Some of us in the room think that we have 40, 50, 70, 20 Good years left. 
but we don't know if we have 40, 50, 70, or 20 seconds left. The warning for Israel is the same for us. However long you have been wandering is long enough. Come back to Him. However long you've been out in that foreign land like the prodigal son is long enough. Come back. His kindness has been shown to you and me over and over and over and over again. And Paul states it in Romans that it is your kindness, Lord, that leads us to salvation. Come back. For if not, If you go after those things that are empty, you will find that they are empty and you will pay the consequences for that search. Father, we come before you this morning. And God, it is a farewell address and a chapter ending of sorts with Samuel. Father, it's not easy to hear Often, it's not easy to hear. Because I want things that I have elevated over You. God, we sang just a moment ago, uh, arms high and heart abandoned. I surrender my whole life to You. Father, that is easy to say. But for me, it is hard to live out outside of that nanosecond that I stated those words. Thank You for forgiving sin. Father, thank You for loving us. Knowing how sinful we are. Father, thank You for seeking to save the lost in the way that You do. Father, You leave 99 and chase after the one. You keep your eye on the horizon, Father, for that prodigal. And you run after him. You run after her. When you see her and him coming back. And Father, no matter how often I fall on my face before you, no matter how often we come to you and say, Father, we've done it again, just like Israel. We've taken our eyes off of You. We cry out to You. You are faithful to love, forgive, and save. God, I pray for us in the room that we would not turn to the side after empty things. But we would serve You We would serve You and love You with everything that we have. 
God, as we stand and as we sing in in this moment, God, may we come back to you fresh and anew with everything that we have. God, might you use us for your name is worthy. We ask it in that name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You'd stand and join with Alex and the team as we sing. And you respond back to the Father in the way that you know that you need to. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live Simple.